darling It seems like years since it's been clear Oh, here goes the sun Here comes the sun And I say, it's all right Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, and we have finally returned after quite a long hiatus, but we've returned for a very important reason, and that being the sixth annual Goldie Awards. And now, one of the biggest challenges for us each year is to look far and wide for a Goldie's host. I mean, we've tried going international, we've tried contests. This time, what we did is we worked with some cutting-edge scientists and they tried to, in a lab, grow us a perfect Goldie's host out of some just remarkable research in human biology. And the person that grew out of that was Matt, and he's here to host the Goldie Awards. <laughs> Wait, does so does this make there are like two Matts out there? Or well, I didn't want to tell you that, so um, that that that's up for you to decide. I think. It's gonna gonna have like a Back to the Future two kind of a thing happen here, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm happy to be back. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be back on uh, for the most important show of the year too. So happy to be back on Green and Gold Forever here. Absolutely. So before we get into the awards show, I mean it's been a long time. We haven't had a show since right after the Lions game. Um, we uh, Chris and I had done most of the shows this year. You and I last time we talked on Green and Gold Forever, it was probably the most optimistic point of the season, and that is right after they had defeated the Cleveland Browns, they were seven and six. Aaron Rodgers was returned. They had a chance to make a run towards the playoffs, and that run went about as bad as possible with uh, Aaron Rodgers not playing all that well against the Carolina Panthers, uh, the defense getting torched by Cam Newton, and then uh, the Packers basically mathematically eliminated from that point on. They put Brett Hundley back in, and they score 11 points in two games. So really, everything for the Packers went straight south since you and I last spoke, and me and I think you definitely Chris and a lot of our fans expressed real drain after the end of last season and just were ready to be done with Packers football and kind of take it all in and um, I think with how great the playoffs was and with how uh, Nick Foles and the Eagles were able to upset the Patriots and then some of the changes that the Packers have made I'm starting to feel rejuvenated but uh, man that End of December or beginning of January when we last had an episode was about as down as I've been on Packers football in a long, long time. Yeah, and we were feeling so positive at the time, too. I remember thinking, even though it seemed unreasonable, they were going to beat Carolina, they were going to go on a run, and maybe this is their shot at another Super Bowl here because the NFC seemed so weak. And then, just like you said, everything went completely wrong. You get torched by Carolina, and then um, your offense and your defense both stink the last couple of games with Hundley in there. But yeah, I, I was just crushed after that, and especially after that Vikings divisional round game. I mean, just we couldn't be feeling any worse, but it at least ended up well. And um, I think most importantly, I mean, we get some big changes here in the offseason. I think otherwise, if it was status quo here with uh, Ted Thompson and Dom Capers still, and I think I wouldn't be looking forward to the season very much. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it really a shocking move after, I mean, we've spent six seasons on here and basically since the first one we've been thinking that Dom Capers probably needed to go I mean our very first season was the game they gave up 579 yards to Colin Kaepernick's offense and so by then already it was a lot of people crying for Dom Capers to leave and as time went on it slowly became obvious that uh, Ted wasn't doing the best of job of refilling the cabinet but we talked about those for so long that once they finally did it was almost surreal yeah and I think the uh the Ted Thompson thing, especially, I, I didn't think that was ever going to happen until he walked off, you know, walked away on his own. So that was, uh, I mean, really got to applaud those guys for, for having the guts to make the change. I mean, it's an organization that over the top, as we talked about over the years, um, is so big on continuity and, and being loyal to these guys to make just two major changes like that. And, you know, things that I think that we've been pinpointing on this show and pretty much everybody who watches the Packers is things that, you know, two areas that have really really gone downhill so mm -hmm. you at least you know you never know what the replacement's going to be like till you see it but it's at least an upside potential here so it's something mm -hmm. different at least yeah and yeah that's why we haven't talked a, a ton about uh Gutekunst is because it's really hard to know um you're not in those meetings it's not like he was saying hey we should take uh Richard Sherman and Ted's like yeah good idea let's uh let's take uh 
you know, Jarrell Worthy instead. You know, obviously those are different drafts, and I was just trying to think of some players off the top of my head quick. But I don't know. I think it's good that they have some a younger guy. They have some new blood making the final decisions, but also not ignoring the fact that Ted Thompson was still pretty darn successful. So we shouldn't have to stray too far from that path while still making some big changes. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, just now getting in free agency and you actually hear the Packers name with some of these bigger <laughs> yeah. guys, which you would have never heard in the past. I mean, that's a, alone enough to get a Packer fan at least a little bit excited. Even if you don't land one, you're at least kind of exploring that a little bit. I know it is kind of funny to hear people react to all of the rumblings of, oh my gosh, the Packers are talking to Richard Sherman. They're talking to Jimmy Graham. And it's like, I think every other team talks to just about everyone. It's part yeah. of due diligence, but it seems so radical compared to Ted, who probably didn't do his best to even let free agents know that Green Bay had a football team. Yeah, until they're, you know, unless the guy was past his prime or you'd never heard of him, the Packers were not <laughs> talking to that guy in free agency. So it's nice to hear guys that, you know, big names at least that we would have never even thought of in the past that you're looking into. So I'm sure we won't get any of them, but it, it's yeah. nice just to think about it. Well, who's got time to sign A.J. Bouye when uh, you got 37 undrafted free agents that you're targeting? That's right, yeah, and might as well just clean the cupboard of, of what you had, too, before that as well. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so it'll be interesting. So it's it's an uncertain time for the Packers, but uh, there's still a lot of good pieces, and uh, the biggest one, hopefully, is that Aaron Rodgers can finally stay healthy. Um, but you've heard... I, I have no reason to believe he won't be able to stay healthy, but it is a little bit alarming that he's missed over half of two of his prime seasons. Yeah, I mean, these all-time legend quarterbacks, you don't – that's just not that common. I think – I mean, Marino missed one, Brady missed one. I think a lot of a lot of them seem to have missed one, but mm-hmm. we've, we've missed out on you know, a prime that we've – I think largely feels already been kind of a little bit wasted by the talent around the guy, and then on top of that, you're throwing two seasons out the window. It hurts a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, does does the potential of a long-term Rodgers contract concern you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I would think it has to. Um, I don't know how it, w- it wouldn't. I mean, you're right now, this this team, the whole franchise is based completely on the one guy, and we saw what happened last year without him. So, I, I mean, you got a little bit of time left on his contract. But at that point, what I mean, what is really scary with the, the deals that guys like Cousins and things are getting, you know that he can basically ask for whatever he wants. And at yeah. that point, he's going to be into his you know, early to mid-30s. And it's going to be – it's like you're going to have to basically give your whole salary cap to this guy, um, which I think you pretty much have to do it. But it's still – it's terrifying to think mm-hmm. that uh, you're putting that much on a mid-30s quarterback, which is usually when these guys go downhill. Yeah. And, and who knows if he even wants to come back. He, you know, not as satisfied with some of the things maybe that we've been doing. So who knows if you even get him back. Yeah, I still am holding out hope that uh, Aaron Rodgers would stay in Green Bay, if provided they pay him as they appropriately should but uh, that he would stay in Green Bay just to prove he's the anti-Farve. I mean, that seems like so much of his career has been trying to prove he's not Brett Favre, and um, I think he likes... He's never going to be... Um, a, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, beat Brett in terms of accomplishments in Green Bay. I don't think he's going to win, you know, two more MVPs, and he probably isn't even going to go back to a Super Bowl, if I'm being completely honest. But I think if he played his whole career here, he would be more beloved than Favre. But I guess we'll we'll have to see about that. Um, all right, so one last thing before we get to the Goldies and recap the worst parts of the 2017 season, which were involving the Green Bay Packers. Um, I was writing the best playoffs of the last 30 years. I was writing an article every day. And I didn't fall off the face of the earth. I fell off of uh, uh, a spot in my yard onto the cement pavement and injured my <laughs> arm. So I, the, the the night that I stopped posting those was the night that happened. So um, typing on a, a keyboard has been somewhat painful in the last several weeks. So I, um, I had my arm in a brace until uh, late last week. And so uh, that's the reason I stopped writing those. But had I continued, and I plan to eventually finish it, 2017, as objectively as I could possibly rank them, was one of the five best playoffs I had ever seen, is what I had determined. And, you know, especially it helps that the Patriots lost and the Vikings lost in epic fashion. But once you go back and look at the quality of games and some of the storylines, these playoffs 
were as good as the NFL has ever had in my lifetime, and they really needed it this year after a very tumultuous season. Yeah, they couldn't have really asked for anything better, and you know the Patriots losing in dramatic fashion is pretty much you know if you could have had the NFL pick a, a solution to the season, I think that probably would have been it. <laughs> yeah, um, you have the evil villain going down. You've got the Vikings with uh, the Stephon Diggs touchdown. You have the the Jaguars Patriots game, which was dramatic, and you have an upstart in the Eagles who've never won before. Pretty much, I mean, went according to plan. A couple of big markets. So I agree. I think that the vibe on the NFL, and I think from from me and you and most fans were you know i still watched um every sunday but less than usual and just everything was just kind of getting a little frustrating and then to at least finish with that leaves a good taste in your mouth and gets that excitement built back up again for next year yeah and even the digs touchdown for the vikings and i'm not trying to say this to make it sound like i'm an enlightened fan because the the fact that i enjoy that moment as a great historical nfl moment is probably do because they got their brains beaten the next week by Nick Foles and one of the best things ever. But I found myself probably that night a little bit. And then uh, certainly after they lost to the Eagles, watching like fan reaction videos to that. I mean, that's one of the greatest moments. If it had happened to any other team, it had been one of my favorite moments ever. And even watching it live, I just kind of, I didn't even get mad. I just was so in disbelief that it happened. And there was a tiny part of me that's like, I felt sort of good for Vikings fans that aren't jerks that have lived through all this. But then I laughed hysterically all through the uh, second half of that Eagles game as well. Yeah, I I had the kind of a similar thing. Like it was it was really exciting to watch, and less so excited for Vikings fans, but more just for Diggs. I mean, he's I kind of I've always sort of rooted for him a little bit. I mean, he's kind of a cool player, and I remember in that Steelers game earlier in the year, he got rocked and got up and had that touchdown, which was pretty cool. But yeah, um, if we would have had the luxury of knowing that the Eagles would kill him the next week, I would <laughs> I would have felt much better in the moment because that was my angst was just oh, God, this team's going to win a Super Bowl now. And I thought they were knocked out and done, and then everything turned around. But, yeah, now looking back on it, I can watch that highlight and not only be excited to watch it, but also laugh a little bit because it didn't <laughs> didn't lead to anything. All right, well, that's a disturbing amount of discussion about those freaks in purple from Minnesota. So let's talk about the true winners this year, and that are the 7-9 and nine 2017 Green Bay Packers. So let's go to the goalies. Receivers right, Adams split to the left. Rodgers in the shotgun, Jones to his left. Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap, looking, throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes. the back Adams. Yes. Touchdown, Green Bay! A spectacular throw and catch to the left side of the end zone. They beat Jordan Lewis. So um, unfortunately, this year I didn't have enough time to put together a nice monologue for everybody. But we're gonna, so we're just gonna get right into the um, to the awards here. So, this team doesn't deserve a monologue. That's right. That was actually the point. I was trying to make a point of not doing it. So. <laughs> Very um, principled man. Yeah. Yep. So I guess um, do we want to start at the top of the list here, probably with the uh, offensive player of the year. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do the multiple choices first. We'll okay, right awesome. Well, um, Eric, I'll let you start on this one. So we have Packers Offensive Player of the Year. We have Devontae Adams, uh, David Bakhtiari, Brett Hundley, Aaron Jones, Corey Lindsley, Aaron Rodgers, and Jamal Williams. Well, the tempting one here was to vote for Aaron Rodgers because it was so clear that he was basically the whole offense. Um, just the way that he was able to pull out some of those games that they later would lose in the season. Um, but I went with the no-brainer, Devontae Adams. He was about the only guy on offense who, um, at least in the passing game, that could be effective with Brett Hundley. And um, really a star-making performance this year. And almost had, I think, something like 40% of the receiving yards and receiving touchdowns and receptions after Aaron Rodgers went down. So, um, yeah, uh, that's an easy one. And also, I did get Chris's ballot, because uh, I, I know Chris did a lot of shows, and he uh, he picked Devontae Adams as well. Yeah, same here. I, I think a pretty obvious choice, other than I could see, like you said, a lot of votes for Rodgers just because of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think really it was... 
in seasons past where a lot of times it's felt like just Rodgers out there. I mean, when he was down, it felt like just Devontae out there a lot of times, and you always look for guys to ste- step up when your star gets hurt, and it felt like, especially offensively, he was basically the only one that did. Yeah. Um, you didn't really get much of anything out of Jordy or Cobb, so I think the fact that he stepped up, looked like an elite receiver, and carried the offense, I think that was that was huge. Yeah, and every our uh, listeners agreed with us. Almost a unanimous choice for Devonte Adams, with one vote going to Aaron Jones, um, which is an interesting one. He was very electric when he was in there, and. Um, really put up some impressive numbers. Basically, all of his 448 yards rushing were in about five games. So really excited to see him, but I think Devontae is a pretty easy one. Yep. And despite the poor, poor season, we actually had more people participate in the Goldies voting than ever before. So thank you very much, listeners, for that. All right. Awesome. Um, all right. So uh, number two was the Packers Defensive Player of the Year here. So we have uh, a very hard decision to make here because I don't know if anybody <laughs> deserved it. Uh, we have Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Haha, uh, Blake Martinez, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, and Demarius Randall. So I'll start here. It was really between two guys for me, but I ended up going with Mike Dan- Daniels. I think I picked him every year for the last few years, but probably deserves it. Um, had a nice upstart like Demarius, who played well, but I think uh, Mike Daniels is clearly the best guy in that defense. Yeah, I think that was tempting as well. Um, I-, I actually went with Blake Martinez. I think Mike Daniels was more impactful, but I... Uh, much like I had Corey Lindsley on the Offensive Player of the Year, I appreciated Blake Martinez and the fact that he was effective for most of the year, and he was one of only three guys on the team to play in every game, which is remarkable. One of only three starters to to start every game. Sure. Um, so that's just kind of crazy, and he started making some plays towards the end of the year, so I think he may be turned the corner too. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, if they're going to turn this defense around, he's right in the middle of it, so we need him to be a, an elite kind of a guy. Yeah, although I... I don't have high hopes for that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he can be as good as like Nick Barnett or something. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, well, this was a very split vote, as you uh, sensed it could be with such a weird um, defensive year for this team. I guess just bad. It wasn't weird. Um, so we had votes for everyone but HaHa and Nick Perry, which I guess is deserved. Um, Demarius Randall, who's not even on the team anymore, which maybe we'll talk about at the end. Um, he got 7% of the vote. Kenny Clark, who was Chris's pick, got 8% of the vote. Uh, Mike Daniels and Clay Matthews each got 14%. And Blake Martinez was the winner with 57% of the votes. Wow. Yeah, so I think it was just because maybe he um, played in every game or I don't know. Could be. I, mean, I feel like last season was already so forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, he played well. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah. That's probably what happens. So that's why we got so many people participating, and then also you get Blake Martinez winning awards because it's freaking March, and we're still talking about 2017. So that that's probably what happened. People are just like misremembering uh, all these things. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, real quick, wh- why don't we just cover it now? What did you think of that Kaiser and Demarius Randall thing? Yeah, super weird. Um, I mean, just on the surface, you hate to lose the guy who was clearly your best corner at you know at a position you're already very weak at. And my initial thought was they've got to have a contingency plan in place, and they probably do still here that maybe we just haven't seen. But I, uh, Sherman's off the market, I know, and I, I don't know who the other top corners are that are uh, still out there, but... Mm-hmm. You, you would think that they've got to have a plan in place if you do that. But, I mean, you had the locker room issues last year. Um, you needed a backup quarterback. So I guess they felt like they, you know, you got rid of a guy who I think was on his last year of a deal and maybe a locker room issue for a backup quarterback that has some upside. But, man, if you're making a run now, you think you'd take the chance on at least keep, keeping him on the roster for one more year when you make a push, when you've got really not much else depth at that position. Yeah, I agree. It's a head-scratcher, and their secondary is, I mean, obviously they're going to try to add some stuff in the draft, you would think, but it's going to be a complete disaster, at least initially. Um, You don't really have anybody on the roster that you could trust to cover like a Julio Jones or anything, or even get close to doing that. And so it'll be interesting, and it's definitely the maybe the coaching staff, also Gutekunst and, and the staff, basically saying that Brett Hundley is not a part of their future plans, and perhaps maybe he shouldn't be after what we saw last year. Although, to to pick up one of only three quarterbacks that was eligible for passer rating that was worse than Brett Hundley is still a strange move, even if he was only a rookie on the worst team of all time. 
Yeah, and yeah, not to dig too much into a Browns quarterback, but I mean, coming out of the draft, everybody said he was not ready to play his first year, and not, I mean, to compound things there, you throw him in on such a bad roster. I mean, he's got so much physical talent, but nobody thought he was ready to go, and I mean, he gets forced out there, and for him to basically be, and I, I watched quite a bit of Browns football last year, I felt he looked better than Hundley. Yeah. Um, I mean, he could at least make some some big plays, and he would at least push the ball down the field, which I like. Um, so at least if anything, if Rodgers goes down, you get a little more excitement. Yeah, he was a Clay Matthews right hand away from beating the Packers in one of the most dramatic throws in NFL history. Yeah. Um, so we're we're like going Billy Crystal on these uh, green or on these uh, Goldies right now, off track. But that's all right. We haven't talked in a long time. All right, well, let's get back on track here. we got three, so this is the uh, Packers game of the year. So actually, surprisingly, for a frustrating year, have a lot of good choices here. We have the uh, Week 1 defeat of the Seahawks, um, the Week 3 defeat of the Cincinnati Bengals. We have the uh, Week 5 win over the Cowboys with that uh, Rodgers touchdown to Adams with 11 seconds left. We have the, the win against Tampa Bay. Uh, with the Jones walk-off touchdown run in overtime and the Cleveland Browns win, which you just referenced, which was another overtime win. So uh, three overtime wins this year, right? Yeah, which after not having one since 2007, which is ridiculous. But um, I guess the Packers have been so good, they haven't had to play in a lot of overtime games in recent years. So that's kind of a reflection of the the team and the fact that uh, they had only four wins in regulation. They needed three overtime games just to get to seven wins. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I selected, um, as did Chris, the week five win over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that was just a tremendous game coming from behind. I think at one point in the first uh, half, they were down 21 to six and just some more Aaron Rodgers special play. Uh, Devonte Adams playing great. And also just the role reversal. It just was not lost on me that we have become such a thorn in the Cowboys' side. And if somebody could have told eight-year-old me who was devastated sitting on my grandpa's lap after they had beat us yet again in the NFC Championship game, that once you're a little older, that uh, we're going to do this to the Cowboys like every time we play them. even in, And we're not going to blow them out. We're going to give them a chance to think they're going to win and then rip their heart out with no seconds left to play. Uh, I, I liked that aspect of it. It just made up for all of those miserable games we had to watch as children. Yeah, this is really perfect for our generation. I picked the same game, and not only was I think it, that was the best game of the year for them, but that too, I mean, it's insane to think of the games we've had against the Cowboys over the last five years. They're all like this. We win in some devastating fashion. They've got to hate <laughs> us so much, I would imagine. You could put together like a, a top five NFL games list and just put all those on there. They're all just like all the comebacks and the crazy wins and the Des Bryant thing. And, and three um, of them were insane. in Dallas. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that game was incredible, and Rodgers was awesome, and that comeback, and Devontae Adams. So all these games were actually really good choices, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you could have picked any of them and made a good argument, but I think that was the most significant. And the fans agree, so that got almost all of the votes. There was one vote for the Bengals game and one vote for the Browns game, which would have been probably my other choices. That Browns game... I actually read a really uh, good article near the end of the season where it was trying to argue that fans need to uh, enjoy seasons that don't end in championships. And we've been talking about that quite a while on this show ever since the debacle in 2014. But th- they referenced the Packers and because uh, they were trying to make an argument that Aaron Rodgers should come back just for the sport of it, that it would be nice to see a good player on a bad team just to make something enjoyable for Packer fans. And he talked about the Browns game and the Bengals game that even when the Packers win, they're joyless wins. They're stressful wins where you're losing the whole game. And the only time you actually take the lead is at the very end. And then you have the lead forever. And that Browns game was so pathetic that even though it was a fun to win in overtime for the second straight week and the same with that Bengals game, they just got dominated the whole game and then, you know, pulled it out at the end. But it's just, um, for a game they won, I don't have a lot of fond memories of them. Sure, yeah, I can see that. And at least at the you know the Cowboys when we still had a, you know, we didn't have the negative stain of the rest that was going to happen for the rest of the season, I guess, on there too. But yeah, that that's why I you know I wouldn't have selected that Browns win just because it was you got out of there and you're like Jesus, like, <laughs> that, sh- <laughs> that shouldn't have happened that way. Like you're happy to win, but like that one didn't feel. It felt good that you didn't drop it to the Browns, but it 
yeah, it didn't feel good winning that one. No. And sadly, that's the last win we've had. So, all right. Well, Dallas, Dallas gets the uh, the Dallas game gets the Goldie. All right, and then on to uh, um, a similar award. This is the Yes Award, the Larry McCarran uh, Best Play Moment of the Year. So um, we've got the Aaron Rodgers seventy-two yard pass to Geronimo Allison against the Bengals to set up the game-winning field goal. Uh, Demarius Randall intercepts Dak Prescott and returns at twenty-one yards for a touchdown at Dallas. Um, Aaron Rodgers 12-yard touchdown pass to Devante at the end of that Cowboys game. Aaron Jones 30-yard touchdown run um, against Tampa in the walk-off win. And Brett Hundley 25-yard touchdown pass to Devante against Cleveland in overtime. So um, I uh, was not creative on this one. I selected the Devante uh, Dallas Cowboys 12-yard touchdown pass at the end to seal that incredible comeback win. Yeah, I did too. Um, It just... I don't know. It, it, it's always that last second touchdown is like the best thing in sports when your team is able to do that. And um, it was such a great throw. It was the end of a great game. And uh, I think the, the best part about that is that uh, they were actually able to win the game because what the next play was when Dak almost hit Cole Beasley for like an 85 yard touchdown that would have won the game. So yeah. so just the relief of them having completed the comeback. Um this one was actually much more hotly contested than I thought it would be. Uh, Chris voted for the Aaron Jones 30-yard touchdown run uh, to give the Packers a walk-off win. I think by that point in the season, um, so I, I totally agree. I can understand why Chris chose that one. But for me, by that point in the season, I was so like sure that this team was awful that I didn't even get that excited for for those wins in that meantime because they just didn't seem like they were a good team and I didn't believe that Aaron was going to save the day um so we got actually really wide um variants in this one the Demarius Randall intercepting Dak Prescott is the only one that didn't get a vote and I that's not surprising because I was just trying to fill out the list and was looking for plays in the box score and I put that one in there I have zero recollection of that play at all where Demarius oh, Randall. I, yeah, I, re- I remember that one pretty vividly, but I guess I don't know how you could choose that one over the Devontae touchdown <laughs> yeah, at the end of the game. In the same game. All right, so um, the ones at the bottom, so we had about 7% of the vote for um, Aaron Rodgers um, to Geronimo Allison. Um, we had the the second place one was Brett Hundley. 21% of the vote, Brett Hundley to Devontae Adams in overtime to complete the comeback in Cleveland. And just a shade over 50% of the vote went to Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. So there was a lot of votes for Rodgers to Allison, a lot of votes for uh, Hundley, a lot of votes for Aaron Jones, obviously the big one. And then there was a vote for Matthew Stafford kneeling down and running out the clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um all right, so the next one here, the Anthony Barr, um, the new name for this award, are you bleeping kidding me, uh, for the worst play moment of the season, and we had to put the caveat in there, other than Rodgers getting injured, because that clearly would have been the worst. Yeah. Um, so our, our options here are uh, Aaron Rodgers strip sacked by Vic Beasley and uh, Desmond Trufant returns it for a touchdown to give Atlanta an insurmountable lead in September. Uh, Brett Hundley fails to spot a wide-open Jordy for a touchdown and got sacked against the, the Lions. Uh, Brett Hundley passed intercepted at the, in the end zone by Jimmy Smith, setting the stage for that Baltimore shutout. Um, ben Roethlisberger hitting Antonio Brown for that game-winning pass against the Steelers, and then uh, Geronimo Allison fumbling against the Panthers, causing the Packers the game. All right, so this one I picked... Brett Hundley failing to spot Jordy Nelson in that Lions game because it was the first drive um, after the bye week. And once they showed that, it was just so they had he's been here three years. Then they had two weeks to prepare for a home game against a so so common opponent in the Lions, and he still is terrible. And that was when I did get the are you bleeping kidding me type reaction where. Oh no, this is not even going to be the bridge to Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be a total disaster. And that game just snowballed into a disaster. And then I think the Bears game was somewhere in there. But then you had the just that was the first sign where you're like, oh, he is as bad as he looked in the first two games. It's not that he was nervous. He's just not good. And uh, that was kind of the first moment where that looked to be um, a reality. 
Yeah, these uh, I don't I don't remember this strip sack as much against the Falcons, but these last four all stand out to me as things that like yeah. super hurt during the season. There were so many bad moments. Nobody cares um, about that strip sack. That may as well happen two years ago. Right. Yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. um, I chose the uh, Geronimo Allison fumble against the Panthers, and I think uh, the reason that takes the cake for me, other than the one that you picked, is because it, you know you kind of already felt like Hundley was bad, and my expectations were low. But that Panther game, I went into that thinking the Packers were winning the Super Bowl. Like I had had turned it around, I had the positivity going, and then you're you're right in it, even though you, your defense was terrible, and and then that cost you the game. And from a guy who had played well for a couple of weeks, so. That one hurt a lot, and you knew your season was over all at once there. Yeah, and that uh, pretty much a lot of people probably said the namesake of this award uh, when that moment happened. Um, our listeners agree with you. They had 58% of the vote went to Geronimo Allison. Uh, Chris agreed with me about the Brett Hundley uh, failing to spot Jordy Nelson. That was our second place with uh, 21%, and then uh, Brett Hundley to... Uh, or Brett Hundley getting intercepted by Jimmy Smith in that Ravens game, which was another absolutely atrocious. Oh. Uh, yeah, that might have been my least favorite game of the year. Ugh, I know. We had our gross uniforms on, uh, you know, because we have to relive those classic 30s matchups with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so <laughs> good choice for the, the throwback unis. And then uh, also we had a few votes for the Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown, um, which was a hell of a play. It's hard to get too mad about that one. All right, uh, next award, the the Donald Driver Award, Double D. So which player greatly improved or contributed much more than was expected? Uh, I can go first on this one. For me, there wasn't a lot of improvement on the roster this year. A couple of standouts, I guess I would think. um, But I'm going to go with Demarius Randall just because of how bad he had been the year prior and was injured, but just looked, I mean, after some promises, rookie year looked really bad last year a lot of the time and then came in and stepped up and, uh, on our defense, we're not a lot, of guys, a lot of guys were. He made so many big plays and big interceptions and uh, was a much better cover guy. So I think for me, that was most unexpected. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, it's unfortunate that he's gone now. But um, yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment of his season. I He looked done in 2016. And then to have the, the way he played when he was healthy, which unfortunately wasn't too often, but when he was healthy, he was probably their best cornerback. I selected Kenny Clark uh, because I know he was super young, but in 2016, he looked like a total bust, like a Jamal Reynolds type guy. And then this year he was, I would say almost as good as Mike Daniels and looked like he's going to be a cornerstone for the defense for years to come. Yeah, that, that's a really good one too. He kind of started to flash a little bit in the postseason last year and then carried that over. And you're really lucky because they missed on a lot of first round picks and high draft picks, but it looks like they really hit on that one, which they need to it. It, it always stinks in something like that because now Mike Daniels is getting older. It's like yeah, these guys have such short lives that if you're not drafting another one, your defense is going to be bad yeah. for a long time, and that's kind of what we've seen lately. So Yeah, it's like by the time they get into like the second year of their second contract, they're already on the way down. Right. All right, so obviously since this is a open-ended question, we have a lot of different answers. So um, uh, Chris agreed with me. He had, he had Kenny Clark. Um, we had... Um, you were the only Demarius Randall, so that's uh, mm-hmm. interesting. We had several for Blake Martinez. Yep. Uh, um, we had one for Geronimo Allison, Lane Taylor. Um, but the winner, we also had Brett Hunley. For re- um, he contributed much more than expected and revealed to us that he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I guess yeah. <laughs> kudos to Brett for letting us do <laughs> know that. So uh, Aaron uh, Jamal Williams got some. Clay Matthews got one. But the winner of the award, although this is a little bit dubious here, we're going to have to make some assumptions, is we had Aaron Jones and we had Kenny Clark were in a tie. They both had gotten a bunch of votes, but then we had a vote for Aaron Bones. So I'm assuming that was supposed to be for Aaron Jones. So the Aaron Bones vote has broken the tie and given him the Donald Driver Award. If we if we continue this next year, that's going to have to be the new name of the award. <laughs> the Aaron Bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, um, number seven though, the one way ticket award. So, which Packers player, coach, or front office member would you like to uh, award a one way ticket out of town, Eric? 
All right, so I couldn't really think of what to do here because all of the usual suspects are people that are now gone, like Dom Capers. And um, so I couldn't give it to Dom already. He's already left town. I didn't want to waste my ticket. So this is really weird. I couldn't really think of anybody. I came up with Richard Rogers. I said he's never really contributed outside of the Hail Mary catch, and he'll at least own that one forever, so he'll always be a, bar- a part of Packers history. But he can't block. He can hardly catch. He can't get open. And they seem to believe that this guy's going to turn into something, and I just think it's hampering them at tight end. I would rather they just clean house all these guys. And um, I, I, So I... I guess was trying to think of somebody that would reasonably leave that I think should. And he's the one who I thought of. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. It seems like he's always there like third or second option tight end going into the season, but then always ends up having to be their number one. And he's just kind of a steady, like make some, some big catches, but can't do anything particularly well, not super athletic or anything. Yeah. And he's um, an and outright he, liability as a blocker. Yeah. And he, he may be gone now as a, an unrestricted free agent. I chose um, probably not super um, um, unexpected, but I chose Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's uh, really the salary against the performance. I mean, the guy's just not very athletic anymore, and he's getting paid so much. And just I, f- I feel like that's a move that they have to make. Like I, th- I think w- with the salaries, you keep Jordy around, give him a chance. But I think Cobb has proven that he just can't stay healthy. Doesn't have the athleticism he once had, and you're just paying him way too much money. And he just seems to me like a likely choice for a cut at this point, probably as free agency starts. Yeah. I think the only thing really going in his favor right now is that him and Aaron Rodgers are such good friends. And you know, if you're the new general manager, what do you want to, do you really want to risk, you know, pissing off your, star quarterback who doesn't even have any guaranteed money left on his contract but um yeah I think if this if if Ted Thompson were there I think he would get rid of Randall Cobb I think the fact that Gutekunst is there that he Cobb might have you know lucked into an extra year because Gutekunst doesn't want to completely rock the boat while they still have cap room right and I mean if you can you know keep him around as like a fourth option that's not the worst thing in the world I guess as a fourth receiver but you're paying that guy 10 million dollars a year that's but I guess if you're not going to go out and sign a bunch of free agents, then I guess what's the difference? Yeah, but I agree. He's never even played close to that contract that he has. Yep. All right, so the fans, um, obviously there's a bunch of different choices we have. Um, so somebody was messing around with the form because somebody v- put me in as the Donald Driver Award, so contributed more than expected, I guess. Oh, way to go. You had to pick up the slack? Yeah. I, I guess so. So uh, thanks for that. But then there's a vote for uh, Drew Erickson in the uh, One-Way Ticket Award. So I think somebody was just trying to fill out the form without mm. uh, trying <laughs> to, to think too hard. So I guess I, I guess I have to leave. Or, or though that's not me, although... I think that one, we're still not sure. We're pretty sure about Aaron Bones, but Drew Erickson could be anybody. (laughs) Um, So we still had a bunch of votes for Dom Capers. I mean, the poor guy's gone, and and we're we're dogpiling on him. Get further away. Get out of here. (laughs) One-way ticket from wherever you are out of town to somewhere even further out of town, I guess. Um, But uh, Chris voted for Brett Hundley. There were a few other votes for Brett. But the one that wins is one that I don't actually agree with, but he's going to get the award, and that's HaHa Clinton Dix. Huh. So yeah, I I mean it was it was a rough year for Haha for sure. I I think you know with enough athleticism and we've seen at least some flashes in the past. Man, is that guy frustrating sometimes? But um, I think over some other guys, I'd like to see him come back with a new D coordinator and see what he can do because I think he might actually have a shot at being pretty darn good. Yeah, I would agree. Um, he was one of the most frustrating players on the team last year, but I'm I'm not ready to give up on him. Um, how many times do you think on like Wisconsin talk radio did somebody be like, yeah, you know, with the Packers this week, uh, you know, this haha is a joke. You know, how many times do you think that was said this year? Every week, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. All right. Well, poor haha gets the one-way ticket award. So, but keep your head up. Dom Capers had to win it like three times before he actually had to leave. So you're probably the the one sign that you're going to stay with the Packers is to win a Goldie for a one-way ticket award. Yeah, and and on top of that too, I I got to say on a separate note, I'm 
I'm very excited to see some of these bad players under a different D coordinator because it's sort of what we always talked about with, you know, who's making it, Rodgers or McCarthy. We actually get to see what this defense was. Was it just Dom Capers being terrible or did we have no talent? And In which case, we got rid of both of the problems potentially already. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see some of these holdover guys that we've, you know, been frustrated with for a few years here to see what they can do outside of Capers. I can't begin to describe to you how furious I'm going to be if the these players are actually good to think of like potentially that if this defense comes out and is awesome next year and if like haha is great and some of these secondary guys are really good under Petten and some of these like worthless dbs and linebackers start playing good I can't describe to you how annoyed I'm going to be that they just because they didn't want to rock the boat or because of Dom's incompetence that they've been having these bad defenses and you wasted all of Aaron Rodgers Superman years and now yeah. when he's you know on the back end of his career you find out that yeah it really is true that Dom Capers just was that incompetent yeah but at least at the same point we have the positivity to go along with it now that we can actually put a good defense on the field possibly so yeah no it, it'll be the, the better case scenario is to find out Dom was terrible at his job but it's going to be irritating to learn that as well yeah, yeah, but I suppose Ted not having done his job is going to be a way worse <laughs> scenario. Yeah, for the long term, for sure. All right, so uh, number eight, the I'm watching you. So this is basically the warning shot for the, the previous <laughs> award. So to a Packer you haven't given up on but want to see some production from quickly or they might be next year's recipient on the one-way ticket award. Uh-oh. All right, so I put um this was an easy choice for me and i referenced it earlier but i picked jordy mm-hmm. um I, I think all packer fans love jordy and i want to see him around for as long as he can be productive but um it's always been kind of curious to see you know when you have an elite quarterback at like rogers who's he's who, who is he making who's actually good and i think jordy for sure throughout his career has been actually a good receiver but mm-hmm. to see him completely disappear last year when rogers was out and just not look very athletic and um, not getting open anymore. Uh, it's hard to imagine he's just completely dropped off, but this happens to receivers and you hope it's not the case. But if you have one more unproductive year, I, you got to move on, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And it's reasonable that that's the approach that they're going to take. I think Jordy is on many fans' short lists for favorite players in the history of the Packers, and they love Green Bay. And, um, you know, he's, he's just a likable guy, but. Yeah, at some point, you would hate to think that his career ended that quickly with an Aaron Rodgers injury. Because wasn't he like when Rodgers got hurt? Wasn't he tied for like the league lead in touchdown catches? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then it just completely vanished. He had like I think Jamal Williams had more receiving yards after Aaron Rodgers got hurt than Jordy Nelson did. Um, I mean, he had to have had a handful of zero to one catch games. It was just basically no production at all. Yeah, couldn't get open, and maybe that was somewhat Hundley's fault, but yeah, this is a perfect award for him. Uh, this award is new this year, and partially the reason I created it is because I wanted to give it to HaHa ha Clinton Dix, because I think he's <laughs> perfect for that. Uh, he's yep. he's another guy who's a great, great guy, and he's he's a, a awesome to have in your community, but even like in 2016, his Pro Bowl year, I'm like, I just, I'm not seeing it. He just seems like a guy who's vacuuming up wayward passes and other than that is out of position a lot. I, I can't get out of my brain him blitzing Andrew Luck with the game on the line on third down and Luck just shredding his tackle and running for a first down. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't think he ran for a first down. I think he threw for a first down after that. But same difference. It's, it, you're a first-round guy from Alabama. You need to tackle the quarterback when you're not even blocked. And he couldn't do that. And so he's disappointing. And I think he's got to get better. And like you were saying before, I think there's a chance that he will but I, even when he supposedly was their best player on defense, I felt like what I was being told about him was not matching what I was seeing, and that was exposed this year. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's so many big heartbreak moments that he's he's done, and you just feel like you know maybe the football sense isn't there as much as you'd like with how athletic he is, and that Seahawks playoff loss or the jump ball. I mean, that was completely his fault. I think it was Luke Wilson who caught that and just basically let him do it. Yeah. Just these bonehead plays from time to time, and you know, yeah, we'll we'll see what it is. Is this two straight bad years in a row, and he's just an average player, or was he more at least what we saw two years ago? Yeah, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's the latter. 
All right, so HaHa ha Clinton Dix, uh, I think, is going to win this award. So he got several votes, including Chris's. Um, also, there were several votes for the whole defense, and so I guess he kind of gets that. I don't know. We, we don't have that many tickets. Or, or oh, I'm watching you. Okay, that's fair. Um, we did have a one-way ticket award for the whole defense, so we don't, we don't have that many tickets. It's a, it's like a it's like a car. I mean, it's not a bus or a plane. I mean, we 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 don't have that much. Um, also, several votes for Randall Cobb, three at least for Jordy Nelson. Um, Mike McCarthy is on the list. So, um, and then Geronimo Allison got one, as did Clay Matthews. So, um, some good ones there. Uh, so, I guess haha wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one here. The name of this one's cut off for me, so hopefully you can help me out. But I believe it's the part of the season that you most enjoyed. Yeah, the part of this season, uh, Packers are league-wide that you most enjoyed. By the way, HaHa has his one-way ticket, and he's being watched. This poor guy. <laughs> um, all right, so part of the season I enjoyed the most here is, um, I guess I'll say, was the overtime wins. Um, I mean, we had some nice moments this year, like we talked about before, and this was just something we hadn't really experienced before with the uh, mccarthy Rogers re- regime. Is We got used to losing every single overtime game, so at least in a bad season where you don't even make the playoffs, we could at least look back fondly on a couple of those wins. Yeah, I actually had the same choice in an open-ended question. that I, Nice. Goldies to Rodgers, McCarthy, and Hunley for being unstoppable in overtime. And what was it, 0-7, 0-8 or something in Rodgers' career in overtime? And then to, <laughs> well, to have Hunley get two of them, but also to ha- have him have that spectacular comeback against the Bengals was, uh, you know, those are games that came in a bad season, but you're going to remember those games years from now mm-hmm. um so chris's choice was touchdown celebrations okay so i i didn't think of <laughs> it that way crappy but... season if that's your favorite <laughs> well it kind of was a crappy season it was cool month. though i guess that was a positive but yeah no i i think i i wouldn't have thought of that so i think that's kind of fun um so there were a bunch of different ones in here we had the jaguars resurgence was um someone's we had Devontae Adams playing like a star. Um, the duo of Williams and Adams playing extremely well. Uh, Nick Foles playing well and winning Super Bowl MVP. That was uh, Daniel Johnson's choice. But uh, oh, another one, uh, so uh, the OT wins that agreed with us. But the one that wins the award, because we all are just jealous people, and I should have thought of this one, but would put it on there. The Patriots losing the Super Bowl um, yep. in a very lopsided margin is our most common. And this is a text field, so people could have thought of anything, and people chose to write that in there. Yeah, it's most recent memory, but I think all of us haters that wish we were winning the Super Bowls every year, that's an easy one. Yeah. And they're an easy target to hate. So that, that you know, for the overall season, I probably would have chose the same thing. And the Eagles were a fun team to root for, too. They were, and it's not, I mean, obviously, we want the Packers to be as successful as the Patriots, but just as a football fan, I'm so, like, you can't watch pregames to those Super Bowls and a lot of them playoff games because what is left to be said about Belichick and Brady? I mean, we've seen everything these guys can do. And can you imagine if Aikman and Emmett Smith and Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer and, you know, Nate Newton and all them were winning playoff games and going to the Super Bowl in 2005? Like, it just would have been <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, the, the Patriots have been here so long that it's. Like, I always joke that they went to their first Super Bowl my freshman year of high school, and I will be 31 in a couple months. Jesus. I know it's weird to think. Like, it, for some reason, their regime doesn't, like, seem as long as it actually is. If you think in back, whatever, oh, oh, one, oh, two, when it yeah. started, it's that's insane. I mean, that's basically two careers worth for any regular quarterback, but instead it's the same two guys that have been there the whole time. Yeah, it, it, it would have been like if – Montana would have been the quarterback for that whole Montana and Steve Young run. I mean, it's just, I mean, you can't take it away from them. They've earned it, even if they've uh, cut a corner or two, but I'm just tired. I want to see other teams. Yeah, I, and I'm sure that it's, it's probably good for the ratings to have that in there every year and have that same team that everybody hates, but uh, yeah, I agree. It's I, it's fun when they lose, but every, when they are going to win this year, I'm sure again, or every other year, it's it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously Tom Brady is so much better than Aaron Rodgers that he can convince his division rivals that are 14 months removed from the playoffs to trade away all of their best players for late-round draft choices. 
Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, you get a Bills team that made the playoffs for the first time in forever, and then they trade their quarterback away immediately <laughs> for almost nothing. And the Dolphins trade away their, their best player, and now they cut in Dominican Sue, it appears, today. Yep. It's just. And they the already traded Jay Ajayi midseason last year. Yeah, it is crazy to think that they're just dropping everybody. I, I, they're going into rebuilding mode after finally making the postseason, both of those teams. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like even they know that the AFC sucks, and the only reason they made it was because the rest of the AFC is terrible. It's like, yeah, we, we're not blind to the fact that we are a sucky team, but they got to send six to the playoffs. I guess, though, if, you know, it's been almost two decades. If you've been trying so hard for that long and you still can't get it done, you might as well just tank until Brady finally <laughs> retires and then just go for it then. I guess so. But, you know, he's got, like, uh, all that voodoo stuff that he's doing. He'll probably play till he's 60. God, I know. It, it can't continue for much longer, you wouldn't think, but they've been saying that for five years already, so who yeah, knows. I sure hope not. All right, so the Inventor Own Award is uh, coming up. So, Matt, I'll let you do yours first, and then we'll share some of the ones we got because they're pretty fun. All right, nice. Well, I named mine after Davo Swinney for some reason. I, <laughs> it's just because I think it's hilarious every time I hear it because it's so stupid. But it's the BYOG Award, so the Bring Your Own Guts Award. <laughs> I'm so glad that's yours because I was on Urban Dictionary trying to figure out what yes. the heck BYOG meant. <laughs> it's it's Davo Swinney's like, saying, and it, it's the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> bring, bring your own guts. He always thinks it sounds so cool, I'm pretty sure, but it sounds super lame. So... Um, that's right. And I gave it to Mark Murphy for being willing to clear out, uh, tenured coaches. So we get rid of Dom Capers and management to break negative trends, which is something that we talked about before. I didn't think they were willing to do. And at least, you know, you had to do it to just give it a shot, put something else around Rogers and McCarthy to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was awesome. And for me, that's the best outcome from this season or thing that happened is that this occurred and you at least get some change. How do you feel about the new structure where Mike McCarthy reports directly to Mark Murphy and not to the general manager? I mean, it's certainly unusual, um, but, you know, it seemed like at least from, you know, what I know is McCarthy and Ted Thompson were at least fairly close and had a good working relationship. It's got to be strange for McCarthy to lose somebody who's your senior and has been around forever to a, a younger guy that I'm sure you feel like you know more than mm-hmm. uh, so maybe maybe that makes most sense, and you can just still let him make the personnel decisions, go to Coonston, um, but then let McCarthy handle the coaching stuff straight to the uh, to Mark Murphy. So I, you know, if it works for them, that's fine. It's certainly unusual, but it also almost would have seemed a little weird if Gutekunst was was McCarthy's boss. Yeah, and I think other teams have that structure. It's just I think everybody gets worried because that was the structure of the Packers all through the '80s when they were awful and had a lot of infighting between the scouting department and general managers and the head coaches. And then Bob Harlan, that's why he made Ron Wolf essentially the supreme leader of football operations. And that worked too, but I, I mean, I, there's no reason this can't work. And I, I'm sure Mark Murphy would, would change. It doesn't have to stay this way forever. If he doesn't think it's working, he can change it. Right. Um, I actually had an award. Mine was kind of lame. Um, after I was looking up BYOG, the only ones on Urban Dictionary was bring your own girl, which is apparently if you're going to a party, BYOG, you can't just like come by yourself and make it a sausage fest. You got to bring sure. a girl, you know? Yeah, that's true. You can't roll up five deep with a bunch of guys. It just throws the ratio off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the most common one that I saw on Urban Dictionary. Um, I made the Born to Run Award for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams for contributing so much as unheralded rookies really thrust into the starting lineup, perhaps before they were ready and they played great. But I wanted to add another award because I've been saying Gouda Kunst, uh, or Gouda Kunst, you've been saying Gouda Kunst, so I'm going to give Brian whatever the Mike Holgram Award for the guy (laughs) most likely to have his name mispronounced for years to come. Oh, God, the old guys are going to have such a problem with that. I I still have never understood. My grandpa even, you know, through all the years of watching Mike Holmgren, it's like, how are you still calling him Holgram? Like, you've heard it so many. <laughs> or McCarthy is McCarty. You know, it's just older older guys just struggle with the names, and this is could not get much harder. So, yeah, he, he deserves that award. So we're in our 30s now. Are we just going to slowly start mispronouncing people's names? Yeah, or you just don't care, or <laughs> if you get it right or not, or maybe they think it's funny. I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess we won't know until we get there. I guess so. Well, there's something to look forward to, right? All right, so not everybody uh, did this award, but I appreciate the people who uh, took the time to do these. Uh, the We Won't Miss You Award going to Dom Capers. 
um, rightfully removed from their position to the joy of Packers Nation, says the description. So uh, poor Dom, but I can't say that's incorrect. Um, The Appreciation Award to Ted Thompson. I think that's fair, considering all he's done for the Packers. Um, Daniel Johnson uh, put uh, that he wrote this one. So the worst suggestion for replacing Aaron Rodgers while injured award. The nominees are Tony Romo, Brett Favre, Eli Manning, and Colin Kaepernick. And he voted for Brett Favre because he hadn't played in almost seven years and is 48 years old and was terrible the last time he played. All of these are actual suggestions that he heard or read about. So that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hey You Tried award for Brett Hundley. He wasn't always great, but he stepped in and did his absolute best, and it was easy to root for him all season long. I think that's pretty fair. Um, the No, you don't think so? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. At some point after eight, nine bad games, you, uh, you lose kind of your... Uh... I think that was the frustrating part with him, though, is it almost didn't feel like he was trying or just wasn't <laughs> willing to you know push it down the field ever. Chewing his um, gum. But... Yeah, but I guess when he did, it was bad, so I understood. He was probably just trying to protect himself from throwing six interceptions a game, but um, I mean, that was that was one of the most frustrating things. If you're down and all of a sudden you're running it on third down or checking down, that was the worst part of it for me. Had Rodgers played all three of the final games, I think I would have thought of Hundley much more fondly because he gutted out those two yes. overtime wins. He had that great game against the Steelers, but then for him to take a week off and then come back and just be like, way worse than Deshaun Kaiser in those last two games getting shut out the one time and then having to rally late to score to lose what 35 to 11 I mean that was just disastrous so I I was when we talked after the Cleveland game I was feeling kind of good about him and I was looking back a little bit fondly on the gutty guy who saved the season and then when he came back in to mop up the the remaining meaningless games it kind of fell off again for me yeah, when we did that podcast, the only one I did with you this year, we were talking about we appreciated what he had done and that um, he left kind of a good, on a positive note, but then he came in and soiled all of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, the Whitney Houston Award, awarded to the Packers, who will always we will always love no matter what, obviously named for the Whitney Houston song, is Aaron Rodgers. Um, Chris had the One Year Wonder Award to HaHa Clinton Dix, who's just racking up all the awards today. It's not good ones either. No, not good at all. We have the Just Win Baby Award for uh, Brian Gutekunst with the hope that he drafts more speed like the Raiders did. Um, I suspect um, I, I know who submitted that award. Uh, one of my uh, colleagues at work is a big Raiders fan, so I'm assuming that's him. Let's pray to God, though, that he doesn't do it like 90s and 2000s, Al Davis. <laughs> Just draft speed with no regard for anything else? Yeah. All right, and then the the award. So if I had to invent my award for my favorite event, invented award, very difficult to say, the not very creative or thoughtful award recipient awarded to me, who me being the person who submitted the comment. So... Oh, wait, you gave it to yourself? No, no, no. This is what verbatim what the comment says. The not very creative or thoughtful award, me, meaning the person who submitted the comment thinks that they are the recipient of the not creative or thoughtful award. Well, they could have at least put their name in, so we could have given them an award for it, but... (laughs) This is the most controversial award so far of of, (laughs) of the Goldies, but I I thought it was funny, so uh, thank you for that. (laughs) and uh, bring your own girls um, when you go to a party and guts as well. <laughs> All right, so that closes out uh, the gold. Well, I guess, well, where, where's the band? We got to play the band. They stopped them. They stopped them. Stopped them. And there is your All right, so that was the sixth Goldie Awards. Can you believe we've done six of these, Matt? I cannot. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it really is that we've uh, gone on this long. I, I just want to thank all the fans who have uh, been there and listening to the shows. It's always been really fun to, to hear your comments and to get a lot of people interacting with the show with things like the Goldies and to have a lot of people uh, take the time to fill out the ballot is, is always really cool and uh, really appreciated um, that we've had fans that have listened to us for six years. That's always kind of weird to me that people actually 
uh, take some time out of their busy week to listen to what we have to say. But it's uh, it's certainly uh, humbling and uh, appreciated. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Um, real quick, Matt, before we wrap up, we have the draft coming up. Um, we don't have to go too in-depth into that, but the Packers have one of their best picks they've ever had. But I think the the thing I wanted to ask you about is kind of the long-term outlook on the Packers. So, like, five years from now, what do you think will have happened between now and then? Would Rodgers have won another championship? How many of those seasons would Mike McCarthy have coached? Um, would Aaron Rodgers be retired by then? I guess what do you think is going to happen in, in light of all these changes to the Packers over the next five years, specifically over some of our familiar Packers like Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Yeah, it's uh, this is maybe one of the the hardest off seasons per, to project that because it's because of the change that we had here. So you're really just kind of either way taking a flyer on this working or not working. But um, you know, I, I think the route I would take is I I really feel like over the next three years probably is the window where. You, I think this team could win another championship and I think maybe more so than in years past because the um, AFC is clearly down. You, you know, you have teams you'd worry about like Pittsburgh and new England, but you feel maybe a little better against those teams than you have. And the NFC really right now, um, not a clear powerhouse. Seattle is crumbling and the teams you've really had to worry about in the past. And and the ones that are good right now are ones that are, are new good. And I'm not, you know, not super convinced yet at this point where, Mm -hmm. you know, if you feel like you've got Rogers and you can put a halfway defense, decent defense together and maybe just give them one more offensive weapon, there's no reason you shouldn't feel confident. Um, I guess the only problem with that is we've felt confident coming into the season for um, probably all of the last seven seasons and, nothing great has come from it Mm -hmm. but you just feel like this team is good enough and has been good enough that they're going to break through for one more it just that just seems to be the way things go Mm -hmm. um and Rodgers is just too good to have only gotten one Super Bowl at the beginning of his career so I guess I'll say after five years you've gotten one more maybe McCarthy at that point is just on his way out the door after that fourth or fifth year possibly but I think that you know they can lock one more in and cement their legacy hopefully yeah I hope you're right your your idea is a bit more optimistic than mine it it really comes up to this next draft I mean they have 12 picks they swapped some picks with the Browns so they're going to have some decent picks to maneuver in kind of the second and third rounds they really don't have enough ammo to move from 14 so they're going to have to select there but they're going to have to make good on these next two drafts, particularly on the defensive side, or that last few years of Aaron Rodgers might not mean as much. I still think as long as he can stay healthy, they're going to be a playoff team for the rest of his career. Um, But I guess my confidence level that he's ever going to win another championship is uh, dwindling. Um, it, It, I don't know. It just feels like you, you've lost all margin for error. You really have to get really good fast in the next few years and uh, hope that that's enough. And you're right that a lot of the new NFC powers are new, so you don't know if they're going to last, but there's so many of them that a couple of them are bound to, you know, maybe the Rams and the Eagles and the Vikings don't stick around, but one of them likely will and perhaps two of them will and you know who knows what happens with the 49ers now they're going to be in a good position to build with um you know perhaps Garoppolo is good so it's going to be interesting to see what happens I think the Packers will be in the mix but at this point I would be a little bit surprised if they win another title with Rodgers assuming he plays like five more years and really the thing I'm wondering is what's going to happen to McCarthy because I think there's a good chance that um you know, if if they're a one and done in the playoffs in the first round, or if they're a nine win team or something again next year, that with the weird dynamic with him and Rodgers and this weird power structure, I think there's a, a chance that he, he might have gotten a contract extension. But I think there's a good chance that unless they go deep into the playoffs and then perform well, like even if they went to the NFC Championship game and got their doors blown off like 2016, I think even that could be enough that Mike McCarthy only coaches one more year for the Packers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, you would think for sure if you if a fully healthy Rodgers season, or even not, but if you don't make the playoffs or you get knocked out in your first game, I would think that the pressure is certainly going to be on to make a change because they've changed everything else around him, and you know it's not your quarterback. Um, so, I mean, he's the last culprit of what's wrong with this team if it doesn't go well. Yeah, so we shall see. There's been a lot of other changes, so it's definitely uneasy times Um 
in Green Bay, but I think we at least see that there's a commitment to change. So it'll be interesting. And I think after this bad, how could it be worse than it was last year? If Aaron stays healthy, there's no way that 2018 will be less fun to watch than 2017. Yep. All right. Well, Matt, uh, I just want to tell you, uh, coming out of the out of retirement to to host the Goldies yet again, even though we had to grow you out of a lab. Um, it, it was much appreciated, and uh, over all these years, I've, I've definitely enjoyed doing these podcasts with you. It's uh, Even when the team is bad or have devastating losses, um, I'm always looking forward to the podcast to talk about it with you. So uh, uh, thanks for doing this today and uh, for, gosh, six years. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast, and it's a good uh, good form of Packard therapy, especially <laughs> when you don't work with enough sports fans to vent. It's, it's always good coming on here and at least venting about this frustrating team. Absolutely, and uh, we appreciate all the fans who have uh, gone through that therapy with us. And uh, so uh, thank you very much. Thanks for enjoying the Goldie Awards. Um, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Green and Gold for or at Green Gold Forever. That's the number four on Twitter. I'm very interactive on there. So we have our Facebook page green and gold forever on facebook but uh it's hard with facebook you, you tend to uh you get your alerts for your your business pages as well as your personal pages so a lot of the alerts sometimes get lost in there but twitter i'm very responsive on there so if you ever got want to talk football come on there and talk to me and uh, hopefully i'll get that other article posted up soon but for now uh thank you for joining us on green and gold forever and take care everyone